As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. It's wonderful that so many of you are able to join our online services, which combine archive recordings of our choir and congregation with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons. For this reason, we shall continue to broadcast these services each Sunday, even though we've now resumed our 11am choral Eucharist in St Bride's itself. Not all of you are able to join us in person for reasons of distance or because you need to take particular care of your health, but we know that you are very much with us in spirit. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, the last will be first and the first last.
Lord be with you. And it is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the 15th Sunday after Trinity. About four times each year, we are joined at our main service by the St Bride's Orchestra with their leader, John Ryan. Today should have been one of those occasions as we would normally be holding our annual Inspire service, a special service to celebrate our life as a community of faith, to which we invite back as many members of the St. Bride's family as we can rally, past and present, including wedding couples, baptism families, and all of our friends and supporters. Although we are unable to hold that event this year, our service this morning includes the orchestral music that was recorded here at last year's Inspire service. So our thanks once again to the St Bride's Orchestra for their wonderful music. Now, let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen.
almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
God, who in generous mercy sent the Holy Spirit upon your church in the burning fire of your love, grant that your people may be fervent in the fellowship of the gospel, that, always abiding in you, they may be found steadfast in faith and active in service. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. For to me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in faith so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that, whether I come and see you, or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire labourers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the labourers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the labourers and give them their pay beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Were this any other year but this one, today at St Bride's we would be celebrating an annual event that we call our Inspire Sunday. It is one of my favourite occasions in our church's calendar when we invite back as many members of the St Bride's family from past and present, near and far, to join us for a special celebration of our life as a community of faith. For obvious reasons, we're unable to mark this event in the way we normally would. And yet, interestingly enough, it feels particularly appropriate to take this opportunity to pause and reflect on our life together as part of the body of Christ during this strangest of years. The lockdown period and all the restrictions that are still in force in response to the pandemic have disrupted our congregational life in some very obvious and tangible ways. The lockdown months were hard, especially for those members of our church community who found themselves isolated and alone, 
and the more so for those who were without internet access. But all of us who are normally able to attend Sunday worship here missed meeting each other and worshipping together, and we all missed our wonderful music. Because however impressive and creative the alternative responses have been, in the end, there is surely no substitute for real human contact. And yet, despite that, there are ways in which, contrary to all expectations, our life as a faith community has deepened and grown during this time. So the news is not all bad. The practical support and acts of friendship that many of you have been able to offer one another has been wonderful to see. And many of you have told me that our online services have been, and for some of you continue to be, an absolute lifeline throughout the pandemic. Developing our ministry in this way has also enabled us to reach, on a weekly basis, those members of our church family who, for reasons of distance, ill health, or increasing frailty, have only ever been able to attend services here on an occasional basis. And one of the greatest blessings of all is that our online services have drawn in a number of new people from across the globe who discovered us online and now listen regularly, not only from within the UK, but in places as far afield as the United States and Africa. As the Journalists' Church, we have always served a profession that is international, but what we have seen in recent months is something new and rather wonderful. But this sense of a widening community is not merely geographical. For me, it has acquired another dimension too, because I've become ever more conscious throughout these difficult weeks and months how much it also embraces past and present. Like many of you, I have always been fascinated by the history of our amazing church. Given that this has probably been a place of Christian worship here in the very heart of the City of London since the 6th century, St Bride's and its people have seen everything. Fire, plague, famine, revolt, as well as all the joys and hopes that are part of human living. And although it may sound rather peculiar, I know that I'm not alone amongst parish clergy in feeling a strange duty of care to those members of our community in past ages. Just to cite one example of this, one of the very last things that we were able to do here back in March, just before the lockdown began, was to install a memorial plaque to Polly Nichols. Polly was born in our parish in 1845, about 100 yards away from where I am now standing, and she was married here in 1864. Tragically, she was to become the first known victim of the Victorian serial killer, commonly nicknamed Jack the Ripper. Polly's tragedy was a dual one, not only the manner of her death, but also the fact that history has only remembered her name because of her murderer. 
her own life and her own story were largely lost and forgotten until the historian and writer Hallie Rubenhold, amongst others, recognised how, how very important it was that they were retrieved and that Polly's own story was finally told. Those who have seen our memorial plaque will know that it ends with the words, remember her life, not its end. I retain a profound sense that Polly was one of ours and that we owe it to her to remember her as a human being and to honour her life, however traumatic and complicated it may have been, because she was a precious child of God and because she was once part of our life here. In the darkest days of lockdown, when I was here alone for many, many days, I became newly aware of that same historical trajectory in additional ways. Some of you will know that when the Guild of St Bride was founded here in the 14th century, its principal purpose was to keep a candle burning in front of a statue of St Bridget, St Bride, our patron saint. Following in the footsteps of those first Guild members, I kept that tradition alive during lockdown, lighting a candle before the altar here every day as a reminder that the spirit of St Bride's remained alive and active even though our doors were closed. And we have continued to keep that candle alight each day, even though worship here has resumed and our doors are open. I can see it before me now, flickering away as I speak these words. And some of you may have heard me preach a sermon during lockdown in which I spoke about Richard Pearson, who was vicar here in 1665 during the Great Plague, and who, at extreme risk to his own life, stayed at his post here throughout that terrible time, serving his people and burying as many as 30 or 40 of them every single day at the height of the plague. And Paul Boston, his successor, who, when our church was destroyed by the Great Fire of London in 1666, kept our worship going in a tabernacle in our churchyard until our church was rebuilt by Sir Christopher Wren. And there's Cyril Armitage, the vicar here, who rebuilt our church after it was destroyed in the Second World War. These amazing figures do not feel like they belong to a distant and forgotten past. Far from it. I have never been more conscious that, in some strange way, they also remain part of our present, and indeed, part of our future too. And then there is Edward Winslow, who is of particular significance to us this week because it will not have escaped your notice that Wednesday was the 400th anniversary of the sailing of the Mayflower. Edward Winslow was one of the leaders of the Pilgrim Fathers and was three times Governor of Massachusetts. His parents, Edward Winslow Sr. and Magdalene Oliver, were married here at St. Bride's on the 4th of November, 1594. The family lived in Droitwich, 
and their son Edward was educated in Worcester. But in 1613, he was apprenticed to a Fleet Street printer, John Beale, so he returned here. John Beale was known for his Puritan sympathies. He smuggled Puritan works from Holland. Given that we had been the printer's church for over a century by that time, and that St. Bride's already had quite a strong Protestant tradition, it's very likely that Winslow worshipped here, so our connection with the Pilgrim Fathers through him is highly significant. The fine wooden reredos that is behind me now was unveiled in memory of Edward Winslow and the Pilgrim Fathers on the 19th of December 1957, when our church was rededicated after its post-war restoration. I'm not entirely sure how Winslow, being a good Puritan, would have felt about having a very beautiful and ornate altar surround dedicated in his memory, but the intention was honourable, and it is wonderful that we have such a fine and very visible memorial to him here in our very midst. However, our Winslow connection does not end there. Not only did some of Winslow's direct descendants come over here from the USA for the unveiling of the Reredos, but in 2006, his descendant, Ted Winslow, came from Maryland to marry his wife, Jennifer, here. That wedding was itself a wonderful metaphor for the life of our community of faith, weaving together past and present, and drawing people together from across continents, from the most diverse of backgrounds and traditions. To those who faithfully worshipped here at St. Bride's in the 6th century and the 14th century and the 17th century and the 20th century, for those people, there would be much about the nature of Fleet Street and our life as a church to today that they would find very different, if not unrecognisable. And yet we are, and we shall remain, part of the same family, worshipping the same crucified and risen Lord, and discovering anew the meaning of discipleship and the power of the gospel in each generation. And in these days of anxiety and uncertainty, as we face a future that has never been more precarious, not only economically and socially, but in terms of the very survival of our precious planet, perhaps that marvellous and rich tapestry of connectedness, weaving together past, present and future, and people near and far, can also provide us with a means of encouragement and support and hope. St. Paul, writing to the Christians of Philippi in this morning's epistle, gave them a message that retains its relevance to us here at St. Bride's 2,000 years later. St. Paul wrote this. Live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or are absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith 
of the Gospel. As a message for the family of St Brides today, what more need one add? Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. The response to the bidding, Lord for the years, is, we give you thanks. Lord of the morning, we ask you to hear the prayers we offer. We pray for Elizabeth, our Queen, and for her service to this country and the Commonwealth throughout her long reign. For Alison, our Rector, and Jeff, our Associate Priest, and for all involved at St Bride's, who have enabled us to come together during the past difficult and challenging months. And for our families and friends, the special people you have given us who share in our happiness and sadness. Watch over those who are separated from us who we are not able to see. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. In this 80th anniversary year of the Battle of Britain, we give thanks to all who sacrificed their lives for our freedom and justice. We pray they will never be forgotten. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. Lord of light, you take us through deep waters, but never abandon us in the storm. We walk in the dark, but you never leave us without light. Be with us in the night of our anxiety and in our daily waking, so that we may keep faith with each other as you have kept faith with us. Healing God, we bring before you all who are finding life difficult to cope with, the hungry, those living alone and isolated, and those whose lives are shattered and broken. 
Give to those who are unwell or suffering all they need, both physically and spiritually. Relief to the anxious, courage to the fearful, and rest to the weary. Show us how to help them, where we can, to look beyond the darkness. Lord, for the years, we give you thanks. In a time of quietness, we think of all known to us who are in need of our prayers and those who have no one to pray for them. God of the spirits, receive the souls of those departed from their earthly life. Grant them peace and rest in your eternal kingdom where all suffering has ended and the clouds of earth's sorrow are lifted. Lord, for the years, we, we give, give you thanks. God of seed time and harvest, we thank you for all the wonderful gifts of this life, for the calm and serenity of cool harvest moonlight nights, misty mornings, the beauty of the woods and fields in autumn's golden glow. May we find that the countless treasures that you have scattered throughout this day and season, and the love that created them, be expressed through our lives and be a blessing to others, now and always. Help us to keep this treasure, your earth, safe from harm. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers. prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Keep, O Lord, your church with your perpetual mercy. And because without you our human frailty cannot but fall, keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.